Section 16 of American Scenery, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. American Scenery, Volume 1, by Nathaniel Parker Willis. The Horseshoe Falls at Niagara, with the Tower. Niagara is the outlet of several bodies of water, covering, it is estimated, 150,000 square miles. Dr. Dwight considers the falls as part of the St. Lawrence, following that river back to the sources near the Mississippi, and, doing away with the intermediate names of St. Marie, Detroit, St. Clair, Iroquois, and Cataraqui, he traces its course through the lakes Superior, Huron, Erie, and Ontario, as the Rhone is followed through the Lake of Geneva, and the Rhine through Lake Constance. In this view, the St. Lawrence is doubtless the first river in the world. It meets the tide of the sea four hundred miles from its mouth, which is ninety-five miles broad, and to this height fleets of men of war may ascend and find ample room for an engagement. Merchant men of all sizes go up to Montreal, which is six hundred miles from the sea, and its navigation for three thousand miles is only interrupted in three places. Niagara Falls, the rapids of the Iroquois, and the part called the River St. Marie. The St. Marie is navigable for boats, though not for larger vessels. A portage of ten miles, soon to be superseded by a ship canal, conveys merchandise round the falls of Niagara, and the rapids of the Iroquois present so slight a hindrance that goods are brought from Montreal to Queenston for nearly the same price as they would pay by unobstructed navigation it is necessary to remember the extent of the waters which feed niagara to conceive when standing for an hour only on the projecting rocks how this almighty wonder can go on so long even then that these inland seas lie above tranquil and unexhausted scarce varying their high water mark perceptibly from year to year yet supplying for every hour the ninety millions of tons which it is estimated plunge over the cataract, it affords you a standard for the extent of those lakes, to which the utmost stretch of the mind seems scarcely competent. The accompanying view from Goat Island is of course only partial, as the American fall is entirely left out of the picture. The Horseshoe Falls, as a single object, however, is unquestionably the sublimest thing in nature. To know that the angle of the cataract, from the British shore to the tower, is near half a mile in length, that it falls so many feet with so many tons of water a minute, or even to see it, as here, admirably represented by the pencil, conveys no idea to the reader of the impression produced on the spectator. One of the most remarkable things about Niagara is entirely lost in the drawing, its motion the visitor to niagara should devote one day exclusively to the observation of this astonishing feature the broad flood glides out of lake erie with a confiding tranquillity that seems to you when you know its impending destiny like that of a human creature advancing irresistibly but unconsciously to his death he embraces the bright islands that part his arms for a caress takes into his bosom the calm tribute of the Tonawanta and Unakuka, small streams that come drowsing through the wilderness, 
and flows on till he has left lake erie far behind bathing the curving sides of his green shores with a surface which only the summer wind ruffles the channel begins to descend the still unsuspecting waters fall back into curling eddies along the banks but the current in the centre flows smoothly still suddenly the powerful stream is flung with accumulated swiftness among broken rocks and as you watch it from below it seems tossed with the first shock into the very sky it descends in foam and from this moment its agony commences for three miles it tosses and resists and racked at every step by sharper rocks and increased rapidity its unwilling and choked waves fly back to be again precipitated onward and at last reach the glossy curve convulsed with supernatural horror they touch the emerald arch and in that instant like the calm that follows the conviction of inevitable doom the agitation ceases the waters pause the foam and resistance subside into a transparent stillness and slowly and solemnly the vexed and tormented sufferer drops into the abyss every spectator every child is struck with the singular deliberation the unnatural slowness with which the waters of niagara take their plunge the laws of gravitation seem suspended and the sublimity of the tremendous gulf below seems to check the descending victim on the verge as if it paused in awe End of section 16